0: We've been in this series that I've called Rooted, and we're gonna finish that up this week, and we've really been thinking about how we develop deep and broad roots in our relationship with God. And the whole point is to create the circumstance in which those roots can grow so that we have a a strong relationship with God that anchors us and nourishes our soul. Now, we've talked about some really positive things, active things that we can do to create those right conditions. We've talked about our faith and we've talked about prayer and we've talked about worship. Today, as we finish the series in this last message, I'd like to think in a little bit different terms and think through what we do when we feel the pressures, the the challenges against that root system that we've developed with God. What do we do when life begins to challenge us? One of the shows that Leanne and I like to watch is a gardening show from the United Kingdom, and I know we're nerds, okay, totally get that, we're aware of it, so it's all right. But we watched this show, and last week the host was talking about preparing his garden for winter, and he was talking about his butterfly bush, maybe some of you have one of those, and we do. And in the spring, we cut it all the way to the ground. And then by this time of the year, it's six or eight feet tall every year. Pretty amazing. And it gets so bushy, the host was saying that during the winter, the winds blow against it and it causes what what he called root rock. Okay, so the roots are rocking back and forth because the plant moves so much, it begins to tear those roots from the ground. And so he recommended cutting it back halfway this time of year and then all the way down in the spring. So now you've got your gardening tip for the day, but I've got more for you than just that, all right? You know, the, the very similar thing is true with us, right? I mean, we're gonna face some challenges in our life. We're gonna face some harsh winds that are gonna blow against us, and it is going to feel like it can tear apart. All that hard work, time-consuming, over-a-lifetime work of developing deep and broad roots in our relationship with God. And there's going to be things that happen that feel like it's just pulling us out of the ground and tearing apart all of that. And it can come from lots of different directions. I mean, it could be something as simple as physical illness. Our, Our sickness and our pain can cause us to really question where God is and can cause a spiritual crisis in the midst of the physical crisis. It can feel like, God, why did you allow this? Why are you letting it happen? Why does it keep going on? You've got the power to heal. Why aren't you healing? All those questions can come to mind and we begin to wonder where God is in the midst of our physical suffering. And so that can blow against us and feel like it's tearing apart our relationship with God. It can be a a spiritual crisis because of relationships that are broken, right? It could be a close family relationship, a friend, maybe a work relationship, and you're close to this person, but something happened. Maybe something they did. Maybe something you did. Maybe a misunderstanding. And because of that, the relationship is broken, and it's really tearing you apart too. And you're thinking, why did God let this happen? Can He heal it? Will He heal it? And you just feel Broken in all of that. So, physical, relational, we could go on and on and name the things that blow against us a financial crisis, losing a job, anything that really will struggle and we struggle with in our lives can cause us to feel like those deep spiritual roots are being torn apart and will threaten our future growth. So, the question is what do we do? I mean, the winds are gonna come. We can't prevent that. Bad stuff's gonna happen. What do we do when it does happen? Well, today I want us to think about that. We've been looking in the book of Psalms and we've got this great worship language that goes back hundreds, literally thousands of years to the life of Israel when it was written and even before that when it was just sung. They used it in worship. We use it in worship. And it speaks to us about the nature of God, about the nature of humans, how we relate to God. And so we've learned from this rich language about the God that we serve and how to know him, how to develop these deep spiritual roots. And today we come to Psalm 13. Now, like some of the other psalms, this really is basically a prayer to God. It is all addressed to God. So it's a prayer, but it's a specific kind of prayer. It's a lament, okay? And we see laments show up in Scripture in different places. We see them in the psalms. There's a whole book in the Old Testament called Lamentations. Guess what's in there? Yes, it's a series of laments to God, and we find in other places too. And what a lament is is basically, well, a complaint, if you will, a series of questions. It's asking God what's going on and pleading with Him to act and maybe even sort of wondering why He hasn't already done that. And Psalm 13, some scholars believe is like the model of what a lament should look like. Okay, So I think there's something for us to learn that when life gets difficult and we're questioning things in our relationship with God what do we do? Well, this is our example. This is the way to talk to God when life is not what we want it to be. So what do we learn? It comes in three stanzas, and I think there are things to learn in each one. So verses 1 and 2, then 3 and 4, then 5 and 6. Each one of those sections teaches us something different. So let's start at the beginning and see what the psalmist says. Now, if you look at this, in my Bible it says, for the director of music, a psalm of David. That means David could have written it, David could have commissioned it. There are several ways that it could be related to David. But I think if you know the story of David, you find that in the Old Testament, you know that there are several places where these words would have fit his situation. Okay, Because he went through some difficult times. This is what it says. How long, Yahweh, or how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? So in the first stanza, verses 1 and 2, what we have is just a series of questions. Now what strikes me is, if, if someone got up in our worship service and led a prayer, maybe around communion or some other time, and said these words some of us in the audience, if we didn't know it was from the Bible, would say, you can't talk to God like that. It's not okay to question God like that. You're not supposed to do that. But here it is, right in the Bible, God's Word, inspired by Him, given to us, teaching us how to relate to Him, all these questions. So it seems to me that the psalmist is saying this is exactly how we talk to God. When we're wondering why things are bad, when we're wondering why God hasn't acted, when we're wondering if He ever will, we can say, how long, O Lord? Are you going to forget me forever? Do you not see what I'm going through? Do you not notice the turmoil that I'm in? And are you just going to let this keep Going The the scholars think there are some hints that maybe the psalmist has done something wrong. And and he's understood that there's a separation between him and God, but it's time for that to be over. And God, why is it continuing on? In other words, I've repented. I've tried to do what's right. Why are we not coming back together? Maybe that's the situation, or maybe it's just stuff's falling apart. But the question is, God, is this just going to keep going? How? long are you going to just forget who I am? So that's part of the psalm. That's part of a lament is to say to God, are you going to take notice? Are you going to pay attention? Are you going to answer? And then we have the request. And that's the second stanza. And that begins in verse 3. The psalmist says, look on me and answer, Lord my God, Yahweh, the Old Testament name for God. Yahweh my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Three requests from the psalmist. And they're very simple things. Look, answer, give light. Now that makes sense, right? When we're going through really difficult times, when we don't understand why it's happened and why God hasn't alleviated our suffering, we might say, God, first of all, just just look at what's going on. If you haven't paid attention, this is where I am. And this is why I'm broken. And this is why I'm feeling this way. So God, just look at me. Pay attention. Second, answer. right? Answer me. I, I've asked you for some things. I've asked You to take care of me. I've asked for healing. I've asked for a relationship to be restored. I've asked for You to provide for my family. I've asked for these things. And God, I just need an answer from You. And sometimes that is, God, I just need a word from You that You're at least aware. Okay, I need a sense of Your awareness. Or maybe, God, I need You to act in a clear way. I need You to bring healing. God, can You give me some kind of answer? Or God, can You show me that You're paying attention, but it's going to be a while. Just give me something so I know I'm not in this alone. And then third, give light. Now that makes perfect sense to me because when I go through a difficult time in life, and most of us have, one of the things that we experience is a sense of darkness, right? Like it just feels so heavy and dark and and all the things that were out there that we could see, the places that life was going, suddenly are hidden from us, and, and we don't know where to go, we don't, don't even know exactly where we are, we're totally disoriented because of the darkness. And the psalmist says, give light. Just illuminate my situation, help me. Understand once again who I am in your eyes. Help me understand where life is going. Help me understand where I should go next. Give me some kind of light that that allows me to move forward. So look, answer, give light. Those are the three requests from the psalmist. And the psalmist gives God some motivation. He says, God, God, if you don't act, I'm just gonna die. God, I don't know how to go forward in this life if you're not with me, if you're not taking me forward with you. I'm just, I'm done. I don't have anything left. And you know what? In the past, people have seen me as a sign that you are at work. They've seen you through me. And right now, what people are going to say is, see, I told you so. This is the way God is. God doesn't stay with people. God's not really faithful. But if you act, once again, they'll see who you are through who I am. So look, answer, give light so that I can keep living, so that people will see you through me. Now, one of the interesting things about this psalm is the abruptness of the break between verse 4 and verse 5. It's like the whole thing turns, and, and it's almost too fast for us to turn with the psalmist. And some of the scholars think, well, something's happened. God has acted. He's answered. God has answered the psalmist's prayer, and so now he moves into praise. I don't know if that's true. I think it just follows the, the classic example of lament that we see in Scripture of presenting these things to God, but also undergirding all that with faith and with worship And with praise. And so at the beginning of verse 5, everything changes. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing Yahweh's praise, for he has been good to me. First line there in verse 5 is I trust in your unfailing love. Now, if you've been with us for a while, I've talked about this word before. It's a Hebrew word that we find in the, the Old Testament. That word that's translated into English here as unfailing love is the Hebrew word hesed. Okay, And it was a hugely important word to the people of Israel because it was all about God's faithfulness. Sometimes it's translated God's faithfulness, God's loving kindness, God's unfailing love, sometimes just love. But but this word was all about the fact that God had called these people out of slavery to become a nation and made promises to them and laid out expectations for them. And God had kept his promises. And so the psalmist says, because because I know your character, God. Now it's not just that sometimes you show this hesed, this unfailing love, but it's at the core of who you are, God. Because this is who you are, I'm going to trust you. I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. There's an expectation of God's salvation from the psalmist. So even though he's asking how long, there's questions for God, and he's making requests of God, look, answer, give light, he's also saying I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to worship you because of the character you've shown throughout my life. And this goes back to the history of Israel. So as we think about, okay, what is this psalm? This psalm 13, this lament, teach us about maintaining these strong, deep, and broad roots in our relationship with God, even when life begins to shake us, what do we learn? And I think it's this simple truth that maybe we don't always think about. God is ready for your questions. So if you've got questions for God, And you're thinking, God, why haven't you acted? God, why aren't you taking away my suffering? Why aren't you taking away this incredible grief that I feel? God, it's still there. Why are you not dealing with all this stuff? God is ready for those questions. Now, the thing is, most of us are afraid to ask. We're afraid to say to God, I'm hurting. Why Why haven't you paid attention? We're afraid to say to God, God, how long is it going to take before you're going to notice me? We don't like these words. We like to say, God, you're good. God, we praise you. We thank you. It feels comfortable saying that. It is uncomfortable to go to the Creator of the universe and say, how long, O oh Lord? We're a little afraid of that. But you've got the questions. And guess what? God already knows it's not like you're hiding them from him he already knows so you may as well just ask them i think there's several ways that this can work in our lives and the first is this to just go ahead and express your doubts and your fears just go ahead and and lay it out there and and give god those questions as I said, you're not hiding them. He already knows them. So you might as well vocalize them. And even though some of us might say after we read verses 1 and 2, you're not supposed to talk to God that way, the psalmist is telling us you're supposed to talk to God that way. That's not mocking God. It's not belittling God. But it is being open and honest about our doubts, our fears, our questions, our wondering why God hasn't done something. It is okay to have those questions. And it is okay to talk to God about it. In fact, it is appropriate to talk to God about it. So, if you're going through stuff today, you woke up thinking about it, you were stressed, or you're on the way to church and it's just there, or it's been haunting you through this whole service, you can talk to God about it. You can express that to Him. In fact, He already knows. So talk to him about that stuff. And then call on God to help. It's just what the psalmist did, right? Look, answer, give light. Maybe those sort of echo what's going on in your life, what you need from God. Maybe you'd add to that list, maybe it's heal, maybe it's overcome, maybe it's give me strength. You keep adding those prayers, that's fine. But but Be honest with God. Just go ahead and ask Him for those things. He wants you to do that. He's asking through this psalm that we would speak to Him just like that. To give Him the questions and lay out the requests. And then as we do all that, to worship God through it all. To continue to come in this room and give praise to God even though the questions are still there. To thank Him for the things that He's done and we could go on and on. But it goes along with the fact, and we've talked about this in the series, that even if we didn't have any blessings from God, God would still be worthy of praise because he's all-powerful, all-knowing, present everywhere, loving, kind, inherently good. God deserves our praise. And so we keep praising even as the questions come on. They go together. And as we do that... Even when life throws us all these difficult things, the roots can stay strong. You see, God knows life is not always easy, and so he gives us examples of people who are struggling. And so if you're struggling today, it's okay. If you have questions for God today, it's okay. If you have requests that you need to take to God, it's entirely appropriate. And in the midst of all that, it's still good to praise. Let's pray together. God, we're thankful for examples of people that you have inspired to give us wisdom, to give us an example of what it means to go through difficult times and to do it faithfully. And so, God, there are people in the room who are struggling with stuff today and need healing and strength we need you to overcome grief and pain. And God, maybe even some who are saying, God, is this going to go on forever? So we give you our questions because we know you're stronger than our questions. And we ask for your help. We just pray for answers and pray for strength and pray for you to give light. And God, we give you worship for the world around us, for each other, for Jesus, for eternal life, for all that. God, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship.